0: This is Crystal Bunch, music director here at KZMU Moab, and on The Artist Speaks Today, we hear from Paul Rossler, and we discuss the new album, The Turning of the Bright World, recorded under Kitten Robot Records. We talked to Paul about his start in music, the punk scene in the 70s, his music influences over time, the difference between solo or group projects, and the production process for this album. We also discussed our favorite tracks and so much more. Thank you, Paul, for the great conversation, for taking the time on your busy schedule to sit down and chat with me. I really appreciate it. And thank you, dear listener, for tuning in to KZMU Moab. This is Crystal Bunch from KZMU in Moab and today I'm here with Paul Rossler and Paul just released his new album The Turning of the Bright World under the Kitten Robot Records so first of all thank you for joining me today.
1: Thank you so much Crystal we were already having a great talk before you hit record I was enjoying it.
0: I know it's so. you know it's like some of those times like all the stuff that I get off recording is like so amazing but I don't want to start the interview also with like hey we're already doing this so you know but it's also nice just to have that little chit chat that's not aired to everybody so I appreciate that and yes our conversations were amazing but let's get to the reason we're here you just released an amazing new album um, with tracks such as I'm just going to name a couple of my favorites um but with a track maker, possibility of a psychic phenomenon. We're going to get into more of the production of that very soon. But let's get back to the basics. You've been a musician and in this industry for a long time. What age did you were you when you were like, this is something I really want to pursue and that I enjoy doing?
1: Oh, um, 12, <laughs> I think. I was taking piano lessons from the time I was eight classical piano lessons and then at 12 my my teacher taught me music theory and i could suddenly just like figure out songs off the off of off of the records that i was listening to and i could improvise i could just you know like he just unlocked this and it was uh, such a high to be able to sort of be able to just have music at my fingertips. And I never stopped from the time I was 12. I started getting, um, you know, let's see, when I was about 15 or 16, I got really into the prog rock music, which was sort of big in this uh, 70s, which was like bands like Yes and Jethro Tull and Emerson Lake and Palmer, where the idea is that you could move your fingers really fast if you're a piano player. And um, I got really into that. And I wrote like a 47 minute prog rock opera that I finally recorded in 2012 and put out. And so I was just in it, like practicing 10 or 12 hours a day in high school, just completely focused. And then punk rock happened in 77 and I had some friends that were in some punk bands and I got in a really, really Cool punk band um, called the Screamers. That they were already kind of the biggest punk band in LA, but they needed a, a keyboard player. They they're, they were replacing their old guy. So I got into that, and then I was kind of off and
0: running. That's amazing. It, so P, when you were in punk bands, and I already know the, the answers, but I just added it to the
1: interview. Yeah, we're on what the radio. Instruments
0: it's... were you playing? Did you do vocals or did you stick with keyboard and?
1: Actually, no, I was really a piano player and I always figured there had to be a lead singer. So Mm -hmm. I was I was a keyboard player for Nina Hagen Band after the Screamers broke up. I played on Dead Kennedy's Fresh Fruit for Rotting Vegetables. I was in a a ton of bands, Nervous Gender and Gaze X and the Mommy Man and uh, 45 Grave. I started my own group called Twisted Roots. But mostly just as a keyboard player, I didn't really find my singing voice till kind of all of that was over in in the '90s. It's just a weird thing. I found I found that um, I actually have a kind of a soft singing voice. When I try to sing loud like Chris Cornell, I don't sound that great. But when uh, if I kind of chill away the way that you know.
0: when you go back, I, I have a, this may be a silly question, but I'm really, so when I was growing up and kind of listening to punk bands, it definitely wasn't punk bands like the punk bands that, you know, were in the 70s and the 80s. It was, you know, I think Good Charlotte was labeled as a punk band and Blink-182 and things like that. I go back to listening to say the Sex Pistols and Rancid and like all of those. But I recently watched the Pistols documentary. Have you watched that?
1: Yeah, yeah, I watched it.
0: And it's definitely brings to me not living in that era, maybe a time I guess what I'm getting at is, is that what the scene was generally like that? Or was that changed a little bit for TV?
1: Well, that was England and I wasn't there, but I have yeah. to say, it really, really reminded me of in Los Angeles, the equivalent mm-hmm. was the germs. Because when the germs, the germs I went to high school with and I was, um, like best friends with those guys i later played in bands with their guitarist pat for years um and uh it was really like okay these guys don't play their instruments at all Mm -hmm. they had like 10 or 20 fans that dressed really weird and really cool and this is in the (laughs) 70s awesome when in the 70s no one did that they all had their you know punk haircut and and um but there was you know there was something super special about them as human beings even if they (laughs) Even if they just got on stage and it was a food fight and a lot of feedback. And but that was really marred and really cool. I always said yeah. that what was what was great about the germs, and later on, both of those bands wrote amazing songs and made some great records. Yeah. But what was really amazing about the Sex Whistles and the Germs is what happened in between the songs and outside of the shows. It was like it was like um this lifestyle and this philosophy. Where if you joined, you changed as a person and you mm-hmm. and you kind of never go back. So when you talk about the later punk bands, I mean, I, I kind of assume that they all went through a similar um, philosophical shift in their brains where they, where they go, I'm not, you know, I'm not a, a hippie and I'm not, I'm not in the hip hop culture and this is my thing. Mm-hmm. And there's certain, certain things that that go along with that, which are hard to put your finger on for mm-hmm. me. it's Like there's a certain originality and a certain fearlessness and a certain, um, I don't know. It's, it's so hard to put, but we talk about this forever. I mean, and I know bands like green day who later, they kind of wind up just being huge pop bands in a way because yeah. they have so many hits, but I do know that when they started, they were listening to the same stuff we were talking about really early, yeah. you know? So, um, it's it's people kind of judge from the outside. Um, But uh, I think um, I think the punk experience is I was going to say it's the same for everybody, but it's not true for some people. It's really centered around violence. And for some people, it's really centered around on drugs. Mm -hmm. When we first started, it was it was kind of centered around um, community. And it was sort of artistic. A lot of the people the revolution in their consciousness kind of made them um, just create art in a new way.
0: Yeah. Well, and I know too, that I have known a lot of kids that are in like the the underground punk scene, which was, you know, in the early nineties in the area in the Midwest where I was, and they were all straight edge, you know, they didn't drink and didn't do drugs and they just went and you know maybe broke chairs or something at <laughs> a, a show. but they were definitely completely sober and just high on the music, you know, and it is a lifestyle. I definitely agree with you on that.' it's, it's definitely a decision you make and you know and I think that it is also different for everybody involved. Um, when I was running around going to those shows, we had a, a place that was a basement you know it was underneath a bar in this like dingy dirty basement and it was dingy and dirty but it was so fun and it was amazing and it was part of what made that so amazing and so fun and that culture so um I don't know I just I became obsessed with it for a while and then yeah <laughs>
1: yeah it's like there's kind of no going back in a way mm-hmm. but I did think the documentary the pistols like I've heard I've heard everybody like loves to have an opinion nowadays and I don't.
0: I know, right? I Especially really, on social media. <laughs> I don't
1: really love having an opinion that much, but um, you know, a lot of people complained like, oh, they changed it. But I saw some people who were there who were in bands mm-hmm. saying, wow, they really captured it. You know, yeah. I thought in some ways, when I related to the LA scene, it was, uh, I saw some, you know, some real parallels and it's from Steve's point of view, Steve Jones's point of view. Mm-hmm thought it was interesting that um you know everybody you know steve is sober for many years so he really sees kind of what an issue he was and mm-hmm. so he doesn't make himself out to really be a hero in that and the the one person that comes out with integrity out of that whole documentary is johnny
0: yeah you know,
1: interesting interesting to to say see that you know that Um, Steve he had a chance to make Johnny look bad but really if you watch the whole thing he uh he kind of said Johnny was the guy that was really the the pure essence of it so
0: yeah yeah it was it was definitely interesting to watch like I said I'm obsessed with music in all genres but just to kind of see what maybe that was was from an era that I wasn't there for you know it's like for me it was like uh, SLC Punk came out (laughs) when I was like a young adult I'm like oh my god this is so cool so it's nice (laughs) yeah it was nice just to see that like other side of something but okay back to you um cuz we could talk about that revolution for, forever. Um you talked about when you were learning piano some of your music influences there. Did those musical influences change over the decades of you producing and making music or have your music influences kind of stayed the same over the years?
1: Yeah, I think they've changed. Early on I was really interested in complexity and showiness. And then I think uh, when punk happened, let's see, before punk happened, I like I started liking bands like Bowie. And um, and then I went through a a phase with punk rock. Actually, it's funny when everybody was getting into punk rock and listening to a lot of punk rock. I started listening to Bob Dylan, Jimi Hendrix and (laughs) Roxy Music and Brian Eno. I think that one of the things that happened at the end of the 80s, I played with a singer songwriter named Mark Curry. And I started getting in, I think I got into the idea of just a guy with a guitar and nothing else, singing songs that just blew your mind, like really simple singer songwriter thing. And because um, um, I think there's a kind of a that's a high order of difficulty. And there's there's some great people that have come out since like Connor Oberst and Elliot Smith and Patch Schneeweiss from Ramshackle Glory, who I really think is an amazing one. And we talk about the punk scene. He was in the folk punk scene. Um, I got to record his last his farewell album because he's sort of retired from music but um, I think I started. And then also the technology evolved and things like Nine Inch Nails and uh, hip hop, the ability to kind of make the whole record myself. I, I I know through the 80s, one of the ongoing frustrations was turnover in musicians. You know, just when you had everything rolling, the singer would quit or the drummer would quit. And later on in my life, um, I just uh, rather than like go to band practice, rehearse for six months and then have to do it all over again I got some recording devices and I started getting really into recording my on my own and just writing songs and composing and doing most of it myself so that yeah it was this gradual gradual evolution um and finally you know people gave me a big recording studio and let me produce people and I could do it (laughs) out of my garage on like home stuff Mm -hmm. but like in a, in a, in a real studio, you know, and I kind of learned how to do it. I got better at it as I went along, (laughs) not, not fast. I'm not like Prince who could do everything when he was 18. I gradually got (laughs) so I could make it sound like something. Definitely a very slow evolution,
0: but that's all right because we we look for progress, not perfection, and we have a whole lifetime to get that figured out for sure. Coming back to the album, the turning of the bright world. What was the production like for you on this new album?
1: Well, let's see. I um I recorded. I got this new studio, which is really close to downtown L. A. It's really really cool. Here it is. I'm sitting in it right now.
0: Oh, rad.
1: And uh, I moved in and we didn't really have any business yet. So the first thing I did was I recorded my my prog masterpiece the 47 minutes on. <laughs> and then uh i was breaking up with my girlfriend so i wrote like an album in in one month just like wow. past. that's called 612 all this stuff is up on on Bandcamp. i haven't really yeah. rele- re- i haven't really released it like on everything but i made it at least available so i finished all that around 2013 and 14 and then the studio started getting busy i started getting a lot of clients so i i just i'm always writing i'm you know but so if there was a gap or there was a break or there was a cancellation or there's some time off i would start writing songs and i i probably wrote twice as many songs as i used for this album so it's kind of like just keep picking picking away at it and um but it didn't it didn't seem like like a coherent album you know for quite mm-hmm. a while i would have i had enough stuff but i didn't it, i just didn't have a vision of it But there's one line in the song Elephant Man where I say the turning of the bright world. And uh, and my wife took that picture uh, of me like this Polaroid. And then I was like, oh, you know, that's that's the album. And and there was a strong theme in in the record of what the songs were about. They were sort of held together. So finally, you know, it made sense. But like I'm like a guy. Like if it's New Year's Eve and everybody's gone, I'm in here recording. You know, if it's two and if it's midnight and everybody goes home, I'm in here recording. You know, I just kind of I'm always working on stuff. So um, it gradually I had, you know, this thing kind of. Congealed and honestly, I've done a bunch of records like I put up, but this one is starting to feel this one's starting to feel like really special. Like, this is kind of like the best, like, this is seems like the most mature one. And I thought I'd already done 10 great albums, you know, but this, one, <laughs> this one's like better. I think I don't know.
0: No, I really, I do really like it. Um, but I need to also head on over to that band camp and find those other albums too that I don't didn't have access to or nowhere to find. So it's really rad. It's rad that you can, you know, kind of not pick apart, but say, "Hey, I I did these things and they were awesome." But man, I really, I'm really getting it. Like, (laughs) and the fact that you have so much left that another album could come very soon, right?
1: Yeah, I'm working on a couple of other things. That's awesome. But yeah, and this just hit me this morning. It was like, or maybe it was last night. I was like, God, this this makes all the other records. Because all the other records were recorded kind of under stress. This was really like, you know, I have my studio. I'm not, you know, the, the, all the other ones were kind of, so a lot of them were recorded in my garage. And then I had redid them. This one is just like a really, um, it's like, sounds <laughs> it sounds professional. It sounds <laughs> And, and And it's and also, I feel like there was definitely something on my mind for all the time I was working on it. Mm-hmm which I didn't know it was on my mind, but I think it's just kind of this inevitable thing where you hit a certain age and you start thinking a lot about, you know, mortality and like, yeah. you know, and that it just kept coming. It was not like I set out to write about that, but, you know, Makers, the obvious, real obvious what that's about. And really kind of most of the songs have that that thread of like, you know, we're all only here for so long. <laughs> <laughs> we got
0: to make the most of it for sure. Well, what are some go-to tracks in opinion? Your-
1: Opinion on the album well you know i put elephant man first because it's um i don't think it's necessarily the most accessible but it hits a lot of the marks that are interesting to me it's a it's a free improvisation that i force myself to then write words to so it doesn't have verses and courses it's constantly evolves and changes which who gives who cares about that other than me um <laughs> But also, I didn't really know what it was about, and when it was done, I saw really clearly what it was trying to say. So that one, Elephant Man, feels like kind of this what sums up the record. But I'm really proud of all the record, the songs. There's a song called "Seems Like a Good Idea at the Time." I think yeah. it's, it's really hard to address. On my old records, there's like a couple whole albums that are basically breakup albums. Like I was, <laughs> I was talking a lot about romantic problems you know and and Mm -hmm. and that stuff which i think is a really great subject but i don't i'm in a really really happy marriage now for the first time in my life after decades of drama so I, i didn't really i mean there's there's a couple songs in there they're sort of holdovers possibility of psychic phenomenon is a song that's kind of a holdover from when I was at the end of this breakup but and that's not really a relationships album um <laughs> so then you say, well what am I so there's seems like a good idea t- at the time is about um well it's kind of like it's kind of inspired by Greta von Thunberg I guess and just by like why are we doing this to the planet what is it that drives us and that's really hard to I think that's tough to write a, a really emotionally resonant song about a, a topical issue like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm really proud that that one, um, I don't feel like it's preachy. I feel like it's just kind of like, God damn, we're stupid, aren't we? You know, <laughs> I love there's, it. there's a song called they, which is my, um, my grandchild came out as non-binary and I had to like process that. Like what mm-hmm. I had to in my life come face to face with something that, is kind of like this big theme all over the country mm-hmm. and so I got to personally come to terms with it and and I feel like at my age to not to really be contemporary still to still be able to have to be able to come up with things that are happening right now and not sound like some old fart complaining about it you know but <laughs> yeah to really um I've made you know having kids as you know connects you to the present Mm -hmm. um, so I'm like proud of that song um, that that uh, I was able to like um, uh, to to sort of use like a 15 year old to to make me um, be in the moment of today Mm -hmm.
0: yeah yeah and that's important too you know it's like as we were going through the pandemic as a DJ you know it's like curating these playlists to make people find some good in what's happening as we're all, you know, stuck at home and dealing with our own struggles. So I, music is really important. And I think that it's really amazing that you're covering and hitting on these topics that are controversial to some and, and at home to some, and, you know, just really bringing this to light, because I think as humans, that's what we need to do. We need to be kind. We need to, you know, realize that we're all human at the end of the day. And I think, and, you know, in our planet, we have to love the planet. And so I think that it's really great that you're, you know, this album brings a lot of that to life for sure. Um okay, so I would so that I don't take your whole afternoon, even though I'm really enjoying talking to you, we're gonna kind of lead into the end of this, but tell everyone who will potentially listen to this where they can find your music.
1: Well, I put everything up on Bandcamp, all the stuff it's not necessarily, but a bunch, it's on all the platforms, I believe, uh, you know, spotify wherever wherever you get your music this 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 album in particular is there and if you're interested in a deeper dive then i would recommend Bandcamp. but um also you if you like we made a nice little cd package um thought about vinyl a lot of people work on vinyl and really have this reverence for vinyl but i actually am starting i, I love it too but i'm starting to just think about i don't know it just it's a petroleum product and it's like this big thing that you ship and I, and but some people like to hold something in their hands. and I, I appreciate it. So I just thought like when we started doing CDs, I was like, see, we should go back to CDs, even though, I mean, it's no more pos- difficult than a, the, you don't even have a drive in your computer anymore, but, okay. but it's, you know, you can listen, however you listen, but it, it's a nice package. So you can order that at kitten robot records if that's, if that's the thing.
0: Awesome. It's funny you say CDs. Cause I have a new, uh, one of my newest DJs I'm going to, Shout out to that DJ, she is um 18, and she was telling us the other day how she collects CDs. <laughs> I was like, Oh, no, how
1: old am I? Well, <laughs> we, went, we went through cassettes, and my problem with cassettes is they kind of get messed up, and, and CDs, <laughs> CDs are pretty tough. I don't know, it went around. I remember a certain point where we just went, How do you even release music? If you do a digital only, digital only nobody thinks that you're real, you know, <laughs> and if, so. <laughs> but anyway i just kind of went back to these which some people were going, i
0: love it i love cds i think i think that's good it's definitely good well paul thank you so much for hanging out and chatting with me today i really really appreciated it for everybody listening this has been an interview with paul rossler with the new album the turning of the bright world released under kitten robot records it's out now check it out stay tuned in kzmu for those tracks and again Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much, Crystal. I'm going to sign up.
0: (laughs) Have a great day.
1: You too.